Hello guys, welcome to Thoughts of Gen Z and another episode with an un- amazing personality who has been inspired me a lot and who has a different aura of happiness around him. He always makes me happy whenever I talk to him and I'm definitely sure that this episode will add value to your life. So let's introduce Prince Varghi sir and let's get started to our question. So how Thank you, you very much, Jamil. Thanks for the kind words. I I truly I think the aura that you were talking about has got to do with my hair I'm guessing. <laughs> uh but keeping jokes aside first and foremost I really appreciate your patience. We've been discussing this for over a month. You have constantly followed up uh at times with no concrete response but you still didn't give up. So I appreciate your determination, your passion to make this happen uh and the fact that and I think that's what really uh, excites me about when I think about Gen Z. uh it's just that you know you guys are filled with a lot of passion you guys have that you know action taker attitude and i especially see that very bright and loud in you so and i think that's a great quality for any human being to have so congratulations and appreciate your efforts and patience bro thank and you. thanks for the kind words that you that you described me with uh i would really request you not to call me sir cuz i feel uh that's just like a colonial hangover that we have calling everybody sir ma'am and all you can call me clins we'll we'll do the american way of uh, of things <laughs> american slang so let's get started and the first question to you is how did your beautiful journey as a vj as a public speaker begin So dude you know i mean i always say that uh, the my my journey that i always talk about my journey as what i call as the three p story i i often quite uh, you know my friends call me a man of alliterations uh, so the first story is the story of what i call as the story of p the penny uh, you know growing up in an average south indian middle class family there was always more than reasons to have aspired for having a lot of money for uh, for being able to have those material pleasures be it uh, adidas shoes that i wanted or uh, a fancy uh, trousers or jeans or a mobile phone or of the likes right and some of the simplest thing i remember when i was really young and uh, i'd gone out for a sunday mass you know you go to the church and coming back from there it feeli lagta tha hamesha to ek cotton candy wala tha wahan pe and i remember ask my dad dad i want a cotton candy and he said nahi 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 yaar it's not good for your stomach तो मैं डिसअपॉइंट हो गया यार मैंने बोला ठीक है यार चल कोई नहीं उसके बाद मैं थोड़ा आगे चलते गया बोला डैड लेट्स डू द आई फाउंड दिस वो होता है ना बबल बबल ब्लोस व्हाट व्हाट इज इट कॉल्ड एयर बबल्स व्हाटएवर इट्स कॉल्ड राइट सोप बबल्स यानी कैंडी फ्लॉस नहीं बस सोप बबल्स ओके वो जिसपे मारते तो इट बिकम्स दो सोप बबल राइट सो आफ्टर द कैंडी फ्लॉस देयर वाज सोप बबल गाय एंड आई सेड डैड आई रियली वांट टू यू नो कैन यू प्लीज बाय मी अ सोप बबल एंड ही सेड क्या है इसमें क्या फायदा है इसे फूकी तो मारना है छोड़ना you know we'll go home and uh, we'll have some fun and that's the day i still remember very strongly right this is very young like i might have been in my early formative years or i don't even know 6 8 years old but i remember the specific incident and i told myself that there'll be one day when i i will have a lot of money that i don't have to ask my dad about uh, having to buy a candy floss or a uh, soap bubble right so that's what i called my story of penny so that was a growing urge in me as i was growing up Uh, to be able to earn a lot of money so i remember when we were in college when we were just out of school the 90s kids right the early 90s kids the whole conversation about uh, living a life of passion follow your passion and make a job out of your passion because 
nine to five jobs or any other jobs, you are not going to be happy. If you're not going to be happy about what you do, what's the point? You're going to be depressed. You're going to be anxious all throughout. So follow your passion. And uh, that's that's what I call my story of in the three P's. That's the second P. So penny, passion. And uh, I was really passionate about uh, being on stage, talking to people. And uh, communication was a very active thing. As I've seen my mom and dad grow up. Uh, growing up, I've seen my mom and dad interacting socially, uh, be it with people in the church or in the building. So Independence Day, dad and mom would be active in you know the building celebrations or if it was a church activity or if it was something else. Uh, they were highly social and I think I've, I've been blessed with those great genetics. So a lot of... Uh, great conversational skills, leadership skills come from my parents. Uh, so I, I realized that, you know, so I'd formed a band back in the day when I was in college and uh, performing like, because you wanted that better shoes, that better jeans and all those better, better things that you wanted that wouldn't give me enough pocket money to do that. I still remember uh, to go to college and if I had to eat like in the whole budgeting, I would get 1,500 rupees a month, which is exactly 50 rupees a day. So more than 30, 40 rupees. So travel mein jata tha, matlab, rickshaw pakdo, train pakdo, fir agla cab pakdo, or cab bhi sharing mein. You can't take a private cab because you don't have budget for the day and then come back in the same way. So I would, you know, agar galdi se bhi ek din masala dosa khane ka man kar diya. So that means us din, no cab back to the station uh, from the college. So I studied in St. Javier's College. Xavier say Marine Lines was just a 5-10 minute walk. Uh, but from where I live in Vasai, Vasai station say Mira Ghar almost uh, 4 kilometer. Ka hai. So I would always walk back because aaj masala dosa khaya to, you have to walk for two days. So those were the kind of days. And I, I told myself that you know, paisa zaruri hai. I was passionate about talking. So anchoring is something that I'd gotten into. You also call it call it as emceeing. Uh, so master of ceremonies or my comparing or whatever you call it. Uh, so I remember mall activations karte the. Devi or Sajjano, bhai or beno, aajao, dekho kya chal ye wo. And you know, all those kind of stuff. And I remember those are fun days indeed, early days of hustle, keeping the struggle going on. So I could make a little bit of money. I still remember a weekend kaam karta tha, you would make 5,000 rupees, uh, 2,500 a day. I remember the early days of MCing. That was a lot of money because, you know, if you if you get two weekends a month, that's a lot of money back in 2000. Uh, 10 around that circa right 2009 2010 it was a decade over a decade ago as I'm speaking to you so that was the part of the passion so I started anchoring doing events for a lot of you know brands for their what they call as BTL events or mall activations and so on and so forth I used to perform with my band club gigs college tours we would feel good and you know that was the passion driven journey and as I, you know, kept getting bigger and better as a, uh, as, as the band performer, as a singer or as a anchor, I realized that, you know, what was amazing about following your passion was it made you feel great. You felt like a king when you're on stage. You felt like an emperor. Come on, guys, put your hands up in the air. People are putting their hands up. Let me see you guys make some noise. People are making noise. Let me see you jumping. You know, let's follow the groove. People are literally, it's like you say something and that becomes a commandment for, you know, from a group of 10 people to hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands. I've done, I've hosted the IPL. Uh, I was a stadium MC for the IPL Pune team in 2016. That's 30, 35,000 people at a go. I'm making them do a Mexican wave. Uh, let's call it the Pune wave eventually. That's what we ended up doing. 
So, I mean, it was amazing. And you know what? Over the period of time, and as I grew older, or rather, as I grew more wiser, I realized that it's not about what I feel when I'm on stage. I already feel like an emperor, and that's what drives me to come on stage. Even when a day I have a heartbreak, or if I'm physically not keeping well, or if I have some other problems, but whatever emotional, mental problems, all of that kept aside. The moment I'm on stage, boom, maza aata hai. But then I said, think about, you know, not what I am feeling. There is that same, you know, there are hundreds, thousands, or sometimes whatever the number of people in front of the stage, right? Everybody is going through similar problems. Everybody has their own challenges, everyday challenges that they face. Some somebody is having a challenge with their partner. Uh, someone's having some financial trouble. Somebody has lost their near and dear one, uh, and and off the likes. But when I'm on stage and I ask them to put their hands up in the air, and when I see them like jumping and dancing, it's no more about what I do. It's about all the skill sets that I have and what I am able to do with that. That was the game changer, and that's what I call my story of the third P. It's a story of purpose. So it started off with wanting to make money. Story of P: penny, passion, and purpose. It becomes my golden triangle, bro. Mm. So the story for today, if you ask me, what makes me do what I do? It's my story of purpose. It's my strong ability to recognize that what i say what i do what i share on social media has a larger than life impact than just sharing information about what i think or feel it's way beyond that so that's a sense of responsibility i know this doesn't really answer the question of in terms of uh, the whole mtv vj bit so among the transition from finding my passion and you know enjoying all of that the hustle the hustler spirit was on why i told you this story was because this becomes the foundation or the base for the rest of the conversation yeah. that we're going to have now kitab kamana tha hi paisa kamayenge yeah and only paisa usi se kamana hai jisse mujhe maza aaye jo passion led cheeze thi and following the passion not making enough money still not giving up consistently you know into it into it knocking all the possible doors going from door to door trying to figure it out I landed up a opportunity to do a travel show on MTV. It was called the Great Selfie Challenge. Uh, it was a travel adventure show. You would travel for two weeks. They gave you one lakh rupees to travel, and you had to take selfies. There was a two crew member, a videographer, and an editor who would travel with you to make a vlog out of it. And uh, there was national level Pan India voting and all of that that had happened. And the winner uh, would get would be titled the Selfie King of India or the Queen of India. So there were two girls, three guys. I happened to win the uh, the show, and I was called the selfie king of India back in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, congratulations! So show, ah, cheers, man. So uh, that kind of show and selfie was just a new thing at that around that time, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen was the time when selfies became a big thing. Mobile phones came out with integrated selfie cameras and so on and so forth. So the selfie thing had become a very big scene. Uh, was just exploding at that point. आज के टाइम पे वीसी हंड्रेड मेगा पिक्सल कैमरास एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट जस्ट एज सेल्फी कैमरास दिस आई एम टॉकिंग इज वेरी अर्ली डेज टू मेगा पिक्सल एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट काइंड ऑफ डेज सो इट वाज इनसेन एंड देन अ ईयर लेटर आई गॉट अ कॉल फ्रॉम एमटीवी सेइंग दैट देयर इज अ मोटर स्पोर्ट्स शो कॉल्ड जेके टायर एमटीवी ट्रैक स्टार्ट 2 सीजन 2 एंड यू नो दे वुड लाइक टू टेस्ट मी चेक मी आउट इफ आई कुड डू इट आई वेंट डिड द टेस्ट स्पेशल शॉट आउट टू जर्सिस वाडिया इज अ इज अ Oh, is a very good friend. I call him my bald bro. We both have curly hair. 
he was the one who was shot the season one as a VJ. Uh, season two वो कर नहीं पाया क्योंकि he had to shoot some other show at that same time. So because he was not available to shoot that show, I was called in as a I wouldn't say a replacement. I was auditioned. I got selected. Eventually, I went on to do the season two, the season three. Uh, I ended up doing a bunch of projects with VH1 as well. Did some Pan India tours and stuff like that. So that's how answering you know the, the why this larger conversation is. That's how I got into uh, uh, MTV as a VJ. So there was a huge background of the hustler mode. There was a huge background of how that hustler attitude helped me do a lot of live anchoring at malls and you know. There is something called as cantor activities. Cantor मतलब वो बस पे रहता है ना खुला बस रहता है और लोग अरे I don't know if how active is that how yeah open bus में लोग चलते रहते हैं so I've done those kind of activities as well and I think that has helped me shape up the way I perform today because when you are one of those people and you have to address a lot of people right mall में हजारों लोग आते हैं you have to grab their attention you have to keep them engaged you have to keep them entertained uh, so the style that I develop primarily comes from the source of how i used to perform at these public gatherings and i'm very thankful for how things have shaped up to be honest i never thought that you know all that would help me become a tv presenter to a you know a better performer better artist with time and be able to travel around the world to you know hundreds and thousands of live performances so yeah man that's that's pretty much the story ट Uh, five years later, when you look back, you'd be like, "Oh my God! You know what? Here I've reached. There was that point when I was hustling and struggling to achieve where I am now. But you know what? What's going to happen five years later? Wherever you are going to be, you will be thankful for what you've achieved, but you will still be looking forward to what you can be for the next five years. Because that's what it is, right? Like yeah, when you were in school, you wanted to be a guy. Yeah, with hunger, the hunger is always going to be there, and that hunger. what gives a direction to the hunger what gives a jet you know i always say purpose uh, it's like purpose is always the jet fuel for your aeroplane yeah it will help you skyrocket it will help you boost faster so it's important you find your purpose and what you know people say what is purpose and i think jay shetty had had seen jay shetty's podcast and he kind of very simplistically put it across he said Yeah, yeah, continue. Jimmy, are you there? Yeah. So I was saying that people quite often ask, "What is purpose?" Right? I mean, how do you find your purpose? And it's it's uh, one of the easiest references that I've heard from is is from Jay Shetty, and he says, uh, "Passion is everything you do for yourself. Purpose is everything that you can do to your best, but it's beyond just doing it for yourself. Now that's the purpose. Why are you doing something? It's not just because for yourself." maybe it can be for your parents it can be for your near and dear ones it can be for people in your community people of your area people of your religion people of your nation people of you know whatever it is we can have various segmentations given driven but if it is for more than you and it is about doing you know bringing some difference with what you know that's your story of purpose 
I told you my purpose is to add value in people's lives by engaging with them and using that as an opportunity to entertain them and inspire them. Yeah, definitely. That seems to be. So my second question is: We live in a society where parents are more concerned about studies, and children are forced to do what parents say. So, what's your opinion on that? One message. So I'll I'll tell you what we need to understand. There are certain elements. Uh, it, it's it's the whole story of which era you're born. Like until nineteen nineties, India was a socialist country, you know. So getting a government job was the idea of being a secure, living a secure life. If you know, there were two types of people. Ideally, there were people who were doctors, engineers, lawyers. You know, I mean, super proficient with these uh, professions. Uh, they were the cream rich people. and then there were people who had jobs stability with government jobs of course there were entrepreneurs businessmen this that and all of that but i'm i'm talking about an average media proposal yes i'm i'm talking about a general average class middle class person right which constitutes a larger part of of the population also so the idea was that if you are a doctor my mom and dad used to always tell me when i was growing up right my mom would tell me whatever you're doing it doesn't matter as long as you have respect in the society my dad would tell me respect is amazing you got to have respect you also got to make sure that you earn a lot of money because you are the man of the house you got to you know take care of the house yeah. so basically our parents want us to do whatever it takes where people respect us and you have enough bank balance to live a certain kind of lifestyle being a doctor engineer lawyer was a perspective of how our parents were taught ki if you become a doctor engineer you are a cream if you have a government job you know you are you have a stable life if you have a private job in today's times the transition happened from government job to having a job which is even private a better lifestyle better job place this that security i mean still there is a larger chunk of the society which says government jobs are any day better uh that a private job for how the stability part of it or whatever we are the generation that says that you know what we don't need to go to school or a college to earn respect or to make money see i'm i'm going to come to the main core concepts of why study why get a job why get a degree or whatever yeah it's to make to get respect it's to make money that's the core thing let's not move away from the core part of it because the rest of it is really semantic differences it's just what is more respectable what is more money making and all that sort of things today a 15 year old boy or a girl knows that he or she can monetize uh just you know uh, his knowledge skill set or mindset with the power of technology he can put up a you know a dancing video and that can help him monetize himself he can put up pictures of his food that he or she eats and you know that is a monetization opportunity he also monetize more followers more people you have impactful content you create you gain respect but this can't be translated to our parents generation because they weren't born with these devices where that infrastructure existed where having a blue tick verification meant so much for them it might still mean nothing for them having 100k followers a million followers might not mean anything right but it does mean something to the current generation and there will be a point in time 50 60 years later there will be our kids and their kids their idea of what is good bad what is more respectable what is more monetizable will be different than what it is going to be for us 
So that will always exist. Yeah, so I think it's us to understand, identify that. And instead of battling it out with our parents, find a way to make them know that whatever values and ethics and belief systems that you have helped build us in, that is very intact. But the goal is to make money. The goal is to have, you know, make respect and scale impact and make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. But the way we do it, is slightly different. And that is what needs to be explained to our parents. Trust me, till date, I haven't been able to convince my parents. So it's a far-fetched dream for maybe an 18-year-old to even convince. But if he or she is able to convince it to their parents, then I think I could learn a lot from them. <laughs> so that's my, that's my basic funda of, you know, what do you have to say about parents' perspective on studies and degree and job and whatever it is. So I think it's just that bit. Yeah. Uh, so you being a public speaker, being a VJ, for the one who don't know, Flint Sir have given thousand plus speeches in 26 plus countries, and that's an enormous amount. So I have been watching or observing many of my friends. They have a stage fear, public fear. So how to remove that fear? Any tips for that? So uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in very simple words, right? The f do, you, do you go to the gym? You, you work out, right? Do you hit the gym? Yeah. Yeah. So the first time you went to the gym, right? You must have seen a 10 kilogram or a 15 kilogram dumbbell, right? It looks cool to pick it up and do it. But for you to be able to do that, you got to build strength. You got to start at like five or seven and a half or whatever your thing, you know, your parameters or metrics yeah. are. And yeah, and it's just about you can only beat a fear if you participate. You can't run away from a fear because that can be a temporary solution to anything. Be it stage, uh, talking on stage, talking in front of a bunch of people or, you know, whatever it is, giving an audio podcast or anything. You will only get better at anything if you constantly keep doing it. So my simple advice to getting better at anything, right? One step at a time. Don't give yourself like the mount, like if you want to climb Mount Everest, I just did a podcast with an Everester today. So just using that whole analogy. If you want, if you want to climb on Mount Everest, right? You got to take those small steps. That's when you reach. You can't just jump from like the sea level to 8,000 meters above the sea level. You got to take those steps. And it's just that. So that's the basic framework for anything that we do in life. If you want to get better at it. Yeah. Second thing is keep doing it every time. Keep consistently doing it. You got to be consistent. Third is the next time when you're supposed to do it and you don't want to do it. And you're not in a mood or you have hundred other reasons not to do it. Remind yourself that this is what I need to fight the fear. This is a consequence or a byproduct of the fear that I have in my mind that I'm just procrastinating and shutting it aside and, you know, pushing, putting, doing, taking up something else. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'll do this for later. The more you keep pushing, your brain automatically perceives as this as a threat. Last time, days will pass, weeks will pass, months and years will pass. You might not be able to do it. So if you want to really do it, deep dive into it. 
progress over perfection. We don't want to be the best on day one. We want to first kick start. Make a we will be That's it. So let's have a question for the one who are already into public speaking field or already into speaking field. What's your secret behind your thousand plus speeches in different countries? Because to be very honest, this is the dream of every teenager to give speeches to Roman countries. So how did you achieve your dream? So, you know what, I mean, uh, there can be a lot of stories and I can put all of that, but I want to put it in a very structured manner. And uh, this is something that I learned from an online course that I've taken up by this uh, online uh, uh, e-coaching uh, uh, institute called Harappa Education. And there the, the guy talks about what they call as the PAM framework. And the PAM framework is what you call as purpose, audience, message. When you're delivering a speech or you are writing a content, these are the three things that you need to know. What is the purpose of the conversation you're having? Who is the audience that you're addressing the speech to? What is the message that you want to deliver? This is your basic framework. It's called the PAM framework. Get your purpose right. Get your audience perfect. Get your messaging right. <clears throat> so this is the basic thing. So the next time you have any anything that you want to do, Built it up this way. There are there are a lot more in-depth ways in terms of how you can make your uh, a, a talk more interesting and so on and so forth. That for another day, but let's start with a basic framework. PAN framework, get your purpose of the conversation. Who is the audience? Because how you're going to talk to your friend or to your mom and dad or to your girlfriend, boyfriend or to your teacher, depending on who you're speaking to, your style of conversation is going to change. Yeah. Definitely. Even if it's the same thing that you want them to know about, right? What you're, how you're going to explain the same thing to your parents or to your friends will be folded apart. The same thing that you might want to think, right? So hence, the purpose, the audience, and the messaging. These are the three things that you need to have clarity on. Uh, I have been observing you since coming year on internet and from past few months over telephone phone calls and all and have been observing two key essential points that you are always happy as well as fearful so what's the secret or what's what's something which keeps you happy and cheerful 24 by 7 you know i truly believe that happiness shouldn't be like a thing that we don't have access to or you know it's an infinite thing dude it's not like a limited resource Petrol happiness It's it's I'll tell you what, happiness is in my opinion, right? Everybody has different definitions and you know this, that, and all of that. Real key of happiness is the ability to keep yourself in a joyful state of mind, in a peaceful state of mind when when there are challenges, when there are challenging situations. When you're happy, you don't want to be happy. Like you don't need happiness as a thing because it's already there, right? It's like, for example, when you're getting late for some place is when you need a little more extra time. When you're getting late for that examination or when you're getting late for a meeting, that's when you want that extra time, right? But when you had all through the year to get your studies or to do whatever, you didn't, like, you didn't ask for extra time. 
हैप्पीनेस का भी फंडा वही है जब तुम खुश हो तो खुशी की जरूरत नहीं है इट्स ऑलरेडी देर यू नीड इट ओनली वेन यू फील डाउन एंड आउट दैट्स वेन यू नीड यू नो लाइक एज वी सी दैट यू आई नीड दैट एक्स्ट्रा मोटिवेशन चाहिए या ये चाहिए वो चाहिए मोटिवेशन मेरे हिसाब से है ना देर इज अ जोक समी टोल मी दैट मोटिवेशन इज इक्वल इन टू गार्बेज बिकॉज एक वीडियो देख लूंगा मैं मोटिवेट हो जाऊंगा वीडियो खत्म फिर सस्टेनिंग मोटिवेशन और वट आई वुड सी एज दिन मोटिवेशन मच्योर्स इट बिकम्स डिसिप्लिन इट बिकम्स अ रूटीन वेन यू हैव डिसिप्लिन एंड रूटीन राइट वेन यू हैव डिसिप्लिन एंड रूटीन इन लाइफ यू डोंट नीड मोटिवेशन बिकॉज इट्स ऑलरेडी ऑटोमेटेड it's like sun doesn't need motivation to wake up in the morning and and to set in the evening it is automated so if sun is feeling good or bad it's still going to do it <laughs> i mean it's very just an example in that sense and just in that sense you got to keep yourself you know happiness should be automated man i do have my i do have my down days but as i said happiness is not about having bad days it's about converting your bad days into a good day Definitely. That's the key. That's the real key of happiness. That's that's what happiness enables. Yeah. Oh, as this podcast is thought of Gen Z, mainly concerned with Gen Z. So, what would be a powerful tip you would like to give to the teenagers? So that I always tell, because I work my team, I, my ENI Global. Uh, we are a Gen Z driven team. and there is one thing that i constantly tell my teammates keep making as many mistakes as possible because mistakes are our stepping stones to success because when we make a mistake right we have not fallen down we have learned one amazing lesson of what not to do that's about it right and when we keep doing hundreds of them right we've learned and not the same 100 ones hopefully 100 different mistakes we've just learned 100 new things that we didn't know till we did that mistake so just go ahead be an action taker don't worry about yaar kya main ye karunga ya karungi to sahi hoga nahi hoga don't worry about the consequences just go deep dive into it make mistakes do what you want to do learn from them that's the real deal So, as we are talking about mistakes, what are the three mistakes which you did, which you think you should have been avoiding? Three mistakes that I did that I I I would suggest no one else to do. Is that what you said? Yeah. So, bro, I mean, you know, I never felt that whatever mistakes I have done is something that someone else shouldn't do. Everybody should make mistakes, man. As I'm as I'm for mistakes, I'm a pro mistake guy. Pro failure guy, go fail, go fall down, go break your bones, because the core of it is you got to learn from them. So, see, here's what it is, right? Some people learn life lessons by reading books or listening to audio podcasts or video podcasts or whatever, watching video podcasts. Some people will only learn, you know, mummy ne bola tha, garam tawe pe hath mat rakhna, but they will still go and put it. so some people like i am one of those kind of person like a human being where if somebody tells me to do to not to do something i will amplify the speed at which i am going to go and do it 
Because, you know, you don't tell me. And that's the kind of a rebellious attitude that I had when I was growing up. I'm a completely, you know, I've I, I transitioned into a much more wiser, calmer human being with time. Uh, but, but, and I would say, you know what? Don't learn from my mistakes. Because the mistakes I created, I made, uh, and the learnings are for me to take. I'm going to tell you, go and make your mistakes. As many as them. But learn from them. You will only regret your mistake if you didn't learn from your mistakes. So don't regret. Be a learner. Yeah, of course. Uh, I have been following you on Instagram since around one year and have been seeing your account growth. So some tips on social media growth. So dude, this, I, I'm, I'm a true believer in the idea that growth only happens. Uh, and then the key driver for growth, right? Anything that you do is when you have empathy and compassion. I'll tell you why. Empathy is the ability to understand what someone else feels. Compassion is the ability to alleviate their pain, to take it away from them. What do, organi- what do big multinational companies like uh, you know, Uber or Airbnb or Amazon do? The biggest challenges, like their biggest business models are things that people need. Right? Like I want to be able to buy a product sitting in the comfort of my own home no matter whatever time of the day or night and I want to get it delivered without even moving out of the house thanks to Amazon. I don't want to go out on the street and look out for a rickshaw guy when I'm running away for an examination or getting late for college or going for an uh, interview or going to meet a date. I don't want to be late. I don't want to run on the street on a rainy day and try to stop a rickshaw or a car. Thanks to Uber, they understood that. I can sit at home, book the Uber. Once the car is in, near, in and around, I just have to go then. It's empathy and compassion. Just like that, as a content creator, what is it that your content does to people? Is it going to bring about some sort of smile on their face? Is it going to inspire them to take some action in life? Is it going to, what is, what is that? Is it going to, with your content? The answer for that has to come. Empathy is the answer. When you understand what people want, right? What people feel. And you know that there is something within you that you can use to make a difference in their life. That's what it is. Why do you follow Abhi and me? Why do you follow a Ruhi Dosani? Why do you follow uh, the guy who Sorry. made uh, Tommy? Huh? Why do you follow Prince Orbeez? I do follow because he adds value to one. Because his stories are happiness to one. You know, I, mean, I, I follow Ruhi Dosani. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> So the, the question is, the answer to that question is very simple in my personal perspective. If you want to grow doing whatever, any sort of service you want to do, right? As an organization, as an individual, as a coach, as a consultant, as a trainer, as a whatever you are, you will owe, you, I mean, if, if you have empathy and compassion. That's my personal perspective on So many of the teenagers might be watching this. So what are the three important skills that everyone should have? So uh, 
I call this the P framework, P-double-E. First, you need to have a purpose-driven life. Everybody needs to find what is their purpose in life, no matter what age they are at. You know, an 18-year-old person who has purpose and a 50-year-old person who doesn't have purpose, right? In my personal opinion, the 18-year-old person is way much more advanced in, oh, in the way that you're going to live. Yeah. So first is live a purpose-driven life. Second, have empathy in life. When you have a purpose, what's going to help you boost your purpose and achieve your goals in life is the real key is empathy. Understanding what people need, understanding what people are going through. Right? Third, are you there? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So purpose-driven life, empathy. The third is what I call as the entrepreneurial spirit. Because if you have a purpose in life, if you have empathy in life, third thing that you need is an entrepreneurial spirit. Entrepreneurialism is not about profit and losses, quarterly reviews. That's all part of entrepreneurialism. The real essence of entrepreneurialism is the ability to solve people's problem. The biggest of the businesses in the world are businesses that solve some sort of problems in people's lives. It's yeah. not the other way around. Definitely. Right? So if you want to grow big as an organization, as a creator, as a whatever it is, as a human being, purpose-driven life, empathy, and entrepreneurialism, a problem-solving attitude, basically. So that's what I call the P framework. Yeah. Man, you explain so deeply and so perfectly. You could be a good teacher, man. <laughs> so thanks uh, man thanks look as you said that uh, from hosting shows at malls to the big shows you've been holding hosting so how did you deal with constant failures how did i how did you deal with failures Bro, I mean, my funda with failures have been constant. It's not something that I look at it today. My, my, since growing up, and I think that comes from a strong value system that I was born and raised in, uh, in my family. My parents were sports people. They were athletes. So for them, failure is always a stepping stone. Every time you fall down, you got to, you know, rise from that failure with the learnings that you've got from that failure. So that has been inbuilt within me. So I think the, the way I've dealt with failures is very simple. Of course, there are some things that are very heartbreaking because you want a certain consequence if you hadn't failed and if you were to win that, maybe it would have been, you know, I don't know, some competition, maybe game, goodies, pesa, or whatever you would have got, uh, or maybe even a bet or I don't know, whatever things that failed in life, right? So that's all temporary, but you would have been happy only for that one day, two days, few days uh, in and out. But uh, the learnings that you get after that failure are hopefully lifetime. And for me, I, that's how I treat failures as. So that's how a podcast is. But I would like to end this podcast with Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> Boom Shakalaka. It's a beautiful day, as I always say. Thank you very much, Jamil. What a fantastic, you know, I, I still have to reiterate the fact that uh, I love how passionate you are. I love the fact that you never gave up. Uh, in a way, it was also kind of testing your patience in terms of how much would you push for it? Would you still want to make it happen? And I think if, if this is the kind of determination and patience you have, I always say have passion in life and be patient in life also. 
because sometimes when you're passionate about some things, we want faster results in whatever it is. And one thing that stops us from growing is our lack of patience. We always want faster results. If we don't get it, we feel dejected, we feel down and out. Then we are not further motivated to make things happen. So when passion and patience comes together, it's like a big blast of goodness, man. Yeah. So thank you so much for the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let me do a quick smiley. Uh, yeah, let me do a nice selfie with you. Three, two, one. There you go, buddy. Nice chatting up. Got it? No, 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 just wait. Yeah. Yes, just because I'm being so much happy, does that mean that I have been recording podcast with Winston? Yeah, it is. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Love. Thanks for the kind words, Jamil. You are a fantastic human being. Full power to you. <laughs> Just wait a minute. Let me record it.